For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone welcome back to the podcast i am your host shane told just like every single week i'm excited for this episode yes yes i'm here every week talking to another lead singer but not every week do we get someone <laughs> this prolific this much of a hard worker this guy is next level you know him you love him mr mark tremonti of creed of alter bridge and of course of his own band which he is the lead singer of called tremonti a new album it just came out it's called marching in time his fifth solo album I mean, there's been like six Alter Bridge albums at least, not to mention all the stuff he did with Creed. This guy has been around a long time. He knows what's up. And this conversation was so good. Mark, he's so honest. Um, the, the systems that he has for his workflow and everything else are super, super interesting. You're going to love this episode, especially if you're a musician, if you're a singer, there's some eye-opening stuff in here. Before we get to that, the usual things to remind you of, you can always get in touch with me. You can send me an email. 
leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read all my email. Feel free to write me anytime, day or night. Also, check us out on Twitch. Give us a follow. Twitch.tv slash Shane Told. I'm on there at least twice a week doing live podcasts. Also, the new noise with music guru Mike Howell. Every Wednesday, we're on there at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're looking for new music to listen to that you don't know about, you're going to find it with me and Mike every Wednesday on Twitch, okay? So follow us, twitch.tv slash Shane Told. And of course, if you want to help out the show monetarily, we've got that option. We have a Patreon page set up for as little as $6 a month. You can get on that. You can be a member of the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club and get access to an awesome community of other fans of the show, of me, and of course, it's the place to get Lead Singer Syndrome merchandise and a whole bunch of bonus episodes, bonus content, and more. LeadSingerSyndrome.com slash all access. I'm going to say it again. LeadSingerSyndrome.com slash all access. I ask you to check it out. And if you like the show, throw me a bone. And if you like the show, go back and listen to those other episodes too, because there is a whole whack of them. In other news with me, my band Silverstein is going back out on the road starting, I believe it's November 6th. We're going to be out for the rest of the year celebrating 20 years of our band performing three sets each and every night. It's not to be missed. It's going to be a good time. A lot of shows are already sold out. A lot of shows are selling fast. So come hang silversteinmusic.com for all ticketing information. I am very excited to get back out there and see all the people. Anyway, let's get to it. Here it is, my conversation with Mark Tremonti. Hey, Mark. Hello. Hey there. Hey, man. How are you? Good. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. Yes. Mark Tremonti, this is uh, this is great, man. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to, to talk to me today. You're on tour right now. you got a record coming out in two days. Yes, sir. This is exciting times. Yeah, absolutely. Back at back at doing what we love. Yeah, and it's been a long uh, a long hiatus, something nobody really saw coming um, and something we weren't prepared for. So talk to me about the the excitement you must be feeling um, being able to get up on stage every night again. Uh, you know, it's not normal, but normal for the most part. Uh, how's that feeling? Oh, I mean, it's, it's great. We've, uh, you know, I, I, I since 1997, I've been pretty busy touring my <laughs> you know, from, from my career. And, uh, this has been the biggest break on I've had over 20 years. So this is, it's great to finally get back on the, on the bike and ride again. You know, it's, uh, it's been way too long. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, 19, 1997, you're talking about over 20, 20 years with so many different projects and so many different, you know, scales of, of, um, you know, venues and everything else. 
Now, this break you had over the past 18 months, did you need it at all? Did it reset anything in you or did it just bum you out? Um, the beginning of it bummed me out a bit. You know, if I, I went about four or five months of kind of going to a dark place and not being very uh, inspired to, to create or oh, yeah. practice as much as I normally do. And then I snapped out of it. Once I got, once I got into uh, really focusing on this record, I think I, I hear and feel in this record the excitement of somebody getting back to doing what they love. And that's kind of what it really what it was. You know, it's funny you say that because I, I totally I totally noticed that too. In the new album for people that don't know about it yet, it is when you're listening to this, it's out now. It comes out September 24th, Marching in Time, the fifth Tremonti album already, which is crazy. Um, but, you know, the, the opening track... Uh, on on the record, I mean, you just right away hear an energy I don't think I've heard from Tremonti before. I mean, um, what do you tune? Or is that G sharp? What do you tune to? I mean, it is so heavy right out of the gate. Yeah, I think I think you're right on on uh, point there, G sharp. But it's uh, yeah. The only reason I tune it there is is because uh, whenever I write a song, I write vocal melodies in my using my falsetto voice. And then when it comes time to singing it in my full voice, <laughs> I've got to be able to hit the notes. So I couldn't hit those notes unless I tuned way, way down. So it, it wow, which, which helps and hurts sometimes. And it helps with this song because it makes it sound nastier, I think, when it's turned tuned so low. Oh, yeah. No, I, I right away out of the gate, I was like, you know, obviously I know that what you do at Tremonti is heavy and you're on Napalm Records with some very heavy bands. But... It kind of took me by surprise for a second right away. Um, you just out of the gate, you were flying and I love that energy. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. I, I, you know, when you have an opening track, it's got to grab your attention. And that intro for that song was definitely uh, stood out as, as, as a good intro to the album. For sure. Um, so this, this record is 12 songs. It clocks in at, at almost an hour. Uh, obviously that's a lot to put together. You had some time, I'm sure, over the past year and a half. But what was it like putting this thing to, thing together? When did you start writing it? Was it a full pandemic project, or did you have some stuff kicking around from before? No, as soon as I complete um, a record, I'm always hitting the ground running with the next one. So as soon as Walk the Sky was done, I was immediately writing for this album. So it was some of the ideas, you know, are, are old. Some of them are could be 15 years old. When I write, I, I store ideas and, and wait for them to meet their pair one day. And yeah, uh, for the most part, this record are new ideas within the past couple of years, but there are some of those um, ideas that have been floating in space for all this time that finally found their home on this record. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you bring up the last Alter Bridge record. Um, you know, you're writing for that. You're writing for this. Um, I don't know what else you're writing for. Do you kind of put a different mindset when you're writing, knowing maybe it's going to be a different drummer uh, performing on it or, you know, other players or or a different sort of spin on it? Obviously, like, you are you and you're going to write things that, you know, sound like you up to a point. But how does that work? Because I imagine sometimes things come out and you're like, maybe this would be better suited to a Tremonti song. Maybe this would be better suited to Alter Bridge. Uh, that must be a real, I don't want to say problem, but something that comes up. Yeah, well, mainly it's the the heavier stuff, the stuff that's kind of 
comes from my love of speed metal, that doesn't usually fly in Alter Bridge. You know the right for sure. Yeah, the rhythm the rhythm section of Alter Bridge will just Brian and Scott will just look at me like I'm crazy uh, <laughs> if, if I if I play those those parts. So it's it's good to have this band um, as an outlet for kind of what's a big core of who I am as a as a musician. You know, I grew up as this speed metal kid, and and um, it's been a big part of how I learned how to play play guitar in the first place was playing that stuff absolutely and and you guys are on tour um right now it's with seven dust right yes so you know you're you're back back on the road back on the bus must be some excitement and some energy um how have the shows been what can people expect coming out obviously like there's new rules there's a new way to tour that's probably uh you know a bit of an adjustment from what you're used to since 1997 what's that been like yeah. really, really over the last, it's only been a couple of weeks you've been out, right? Yeah. You know, once we're on stage, everything seems like it's, it's back to normal. You know, everybody's right. going, going nuts at the shows. Everybody's having a great time. You know, you see some people wearing masks here and there. Um, you know, everybody's, I think just trying to be as smart as they can in a room full of crazy rock fans. You know, it's, uh, sure. you know, we've, we've had to change some things like, um, Usually after our shows, we like to hit the merch stand and sign everything anybody wants mm-hmm, to sign, mm-hmm. shake hands and whatnot. We can't do that. So we got to pre-sign a bunch of stuff. Um, every show, I usually like to do guitar clinics. I can't do that. Pretty much all had to agree and sign paperwork saying that we we're going to live in this isolated bubble, almost like the NBA did. You know, yeah. you can't have guests come onto the tour bus without being... Um, vaccinated with with negative tests within the last 48 hours kind of thing so uh, it's it's been really strict and you know we've we've gotten through the tour almost to the end now and we've nobody's gotten sick so uh, it's worked yeah that's that's funny you know the band I'm in it, that's the same thing we're gonna have to have that conversation when we go on tour in November about okay what's acceptable what's not like is it not fair for someone to go out to a bar or something being around a bunch of people, you know, even if you're vaccinated, you can, you know, as we've seen tours are getting canceled from people that are still fully vaccinated, you know, getting this thing. So it it is like, it's a weird time. There's an excitement of it, obviously, but you know, you're talking about a year and a half. There's, I'm sure you have friends all over the world that you want to see and you want to hang out with. And now it's like, well, I can't almost makes it feel like, you know, the traveling circus, you open up the trailer, go do your thing and get back in the trailer. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not what you imagined as a kid getting into the rock and roll, you know, <laughs> the rock and roll world. Right. It, it is like that. You, you get out of your bus, go on stage, play your show, get back on the bus, get fed your food. You can't go to restaurants, you know, you have to order out, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's definitely a different way of doing things. But as a guitar player, um, like I've lived for the last pretty much my whole life, I spent a lot of time by myself in a room, secluded, working on stuff and practicing. So it's it's not it's not crazy different than the life I've always lived because I'm not I'm not especially when I'm singing in a band. You're not going to catch me out at a bar every night. That's uh, that's going to destroy my voice for the next show, and I I just don't do it. So um, right. Right. You know, to ask bands not to go out to bars when they're on tour is a small thing to ask for if they want to do what they're professionally being, you know, they get to follow their passions and have, have a, 
have a professional career as a musician, the least you can do in these times is, is, is just be uh, careful and not, you know, go to, a, go to a bar every night. It's just asking for it. Yeah. Well, well, well said and very mature uh, of you, of you, Mark. I guess we can say that now, right? (laughs) Yeah. At some point point it happens. Um, And I want to talk to you all about the lead singing role and everything. This podcast obviously is called Lead Singer Syndrome. I want to get to all that. But but first, while I I have, you know, we're talking about the shows and everything, a a big uh, transition that a lot of musicians went through over the past year and a half is the element of live streaming and bringing in uh, something that sort of started because uh, there was a need to do something. And now it's something that's continuing as we get back to normalcy, including what you guys are doing this Friday, live from your living room in 924. Uh, You know, that's something that I don't think we saw coming or we wouldn't have thought to do, you know, on the last record cycle, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the reason why we're doing it now that we've started touring is um, when this was, you know, when things like this come into play on a, on the business side of the music business, they have to be pre-planned months and months and months in advance. So we didn't know if these tours would be happening, if they'd be healthy tours, if they would actually work out. So yeah. this was planned out well before we knew that this tour was going to be a successful tour. Or otherwise, we might have said, hey, let's just do this at a live venue. But most wheels were already in motion and and um, things are already in place. So it is what it is, you know? Absolutely. That's, that's, uh, that's going to be cool. Um, so let's talk about your, your role now as, as a lead singer um, under your own, you know, moniker and everything. Obviously, like you've been doing this a very long time. Um, I, I had Miles Kennedy on here not very long ago at all. I had Scott on the show last year. You know, we're talking about two, I mean, incredible, incredible lead singers you've gotten to work with. You've gotten to see up close. Um, you know, obviously, maybe this question is not super relevant as this is like the fifth Tremonti album. But at the beginning, I mean, there must have been fears of, you know, pulling it off in the studio is one thing, but there's live, there's the, the, the onstage banter that you've probably not done the same way before. All that stuff that goes into, you know, being a front man and you had, you had to just kind of figure it out overnight. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not easy. It's, it's something that I still fight with every every day. You know, it's uh, um, the, the front man banter thing is not something that I was cut out for to begin <laughs> with. You know, it's, um, I'm not the guy at a party who's the center of attention entertaining everybody. So I, um, you know, I spent a lot of days on this tour working all day long on on song intros and, and stuff transitions between songs. So there's not any dead space. So there's always some kind of a uh, vibe going on. So when I do talk, I don't have to rush and I can take my time and it's right. just, uh, makes me feel more at ease. Um, and when you feel more at ease, you can open up more to the crowd and not, instead of having that nervous, um, approach, you can just be more relaxed and put a smile on your face. I think that's what people want to see. I mean, you must've taken some stuff away from, you know, Miles and Scott, you know, too, over your career, watching them to the best do it. Um, or, or, or is a lot of it kind of just your own, um, you know, fandom of other, other bands and lead singers you've seen? No, as far as the, the front man thing goes, it's completely just what falls in your lap at the, at each and every moment. You know, right. I never have any, any pre-planned things. I've never watched another 
front man and said, you know, that thing he does, I'm going to try to do my own version of that. Right. I, um, I just, I would, you know, I think that's a good idea. And I, that's something I should do. It's just a matter <laughs> of if I sit down and I've got time to work, I'm like, all right, I got to learn this stuff on guitar. Hey, I got to practice this vocal. I've got to write this lyric. It's just uh, number 1000 on the list of priorities to do is to, is to develop a front man skill. It, to me, a lot of the best skills come from trial, trial by fire. And that's kind of what it, what it's been so far for me, uh, throw, throw me to the wolves and see if I survive kind of a thing. Totally. Um, you cannot get on YouTube and say, how can I become a great front man? There's no lessons. You, you can, you can look at that. You can look at something like that all day long until you're up on stage. Uh, you're not going to be able to, uh, really see the reality of it is, you know, it's like an astronaut in a swimming pool versus out an astronaut out in space. You just, it's, uh, <laughs> It's a it's a different reality. I love that. That's a great analogy. Have you used that analogy before? Because if you just came up with that on this spot, that's really good. No, the reason I've said that analogy is I'm sitting right next to the book I'm reading right now called Hail Mary, and it's a it's a it's a it's a space book. Oh, nice. You know, I know you're an avid reader, and when you get back on tour, you're you're uh, you're you're reading all the time. So that's what you're reading now. Um, uh, what else? Anything else? Uh, I read a book called Silver Lock uh, when I first came on the tour. Now I'm I'm almost done with Hail Mary, so it's just a couple books in the last last couple weeks. Nice. Now this is a great little segue into songwriting. Almost like I made it happen, um, but I didn't. Now obviously <laughs> songwriting is something you've never seemed to have too much trouble with, um, at least from from the outside looking in, with just. I mean, you're so prolific with all these different projects and songs you've written over the years. Um, what's the hardest part for you um, when you sit down to, to, to put something together? And what's your approach? And has that changed? Um, the hardest part for me is uh, when I write a, I write in parts. I write, uh, I'll sit down and I'll just, whatever the inspiration is, I'll dive in and I'll, I'll when I write something that's inspiration, that, that, makes me feel great about the part. Um, the hard part then is to match other parts to that part that are as, just as exciting to me. Um, and that's why over the years I've stored so many ideas because a lot of the times when I try to force finish a song, the other ideas that come after that initial one, most of the time aren't as exciting as that initial idea. And if I get lucky, I get another idea that's as good as that initial idea. So I'll take those parts that work and I'll set them aside until that magical part one day reappears. And um, I've got a very in-depth process of how I organize all my stuff to make sure that I can, I can recall those ideas when it comes time. Right. Like, do you have it, do you have it saved as like a, like a tempo or something like that? So you know that it will, will work or, or how does that work? I've got, I've got ideas saved as what type of idea it is. If it's a chorus, if it's a pre-chorus, if it's a verse, if it's a bridge, if it's just a musical part, I'll call it a riff, even if it's not a riff. If it's just a any kind of music without a uh, a, a vocal over it, I, I call it a riff. And then I, um, each of my files will be um, logged from slow to fast tempo wise. Each each file will have a tuning uh, designated to it, whatever tuning I'd written it in. Right. Each file has each file has a um, explanation on exactly how I perform that um, that part because it's impossible to, it would take me forever to relearn all that stuff. Um, and then I have a 
system of telling myself how good the idea is in my own, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I've got a, you know, so when I'm going to parts and say, I've got 40 ideas that are within, I don't know, five beats per minute of what I'm going after. I'll have a labeling system that tells me the best ideas in that range. Um, so when I go and I'm surfing for, I've got a song that I need a, I need a six, eight bridge. That's 200 beats per minute. I'll go and I'll hunt it down and I'll see the, I, I'll, I'll see 20, 30 ideas and I can go and, and I'll see the ones that in the past I've listened to. And I said, these are the quality ideas over and I'll, I'll still listen to all of them because my opinion might change over the years yeah. on what's good and what's not as good. So I'll listen to them all. Um, and those ideas, I, those, those rankings change constantly. Every time I sit down uh, to go to bed and I just want to get some work done, I'll listen through ideas and organize as much as I can and re-rank stuff. And, uh, um, that's why some ideas on, on this new record come from 15 years ago because they were sitting in this vacuum of, of, uh, song ideas, just waiting to find their, their partners. Right. That's, that is, that's really crazy. Um, I, I love that. I, my, my system is I have voice notes in my phone and, if I like it, I label it dope and then I move on. Yeah, there That's, you go. <laughs> so, but I, That's I, right. I think that for how prolific you are, it makes sense that you have that kind of system. Um, I, I have so many questions. The first one is, are these, are these guitar, like guitar parts or do you have like, do you program drums over them? Are there vocals? Uh, like how does that work? All the, all the above. Well, mainly, mainly anything that I have other that that's called anything with a riff has vocals on it. Mo vocals to me are the most important thing of, of my songwriting. And I used to get irritated early in my career when people would just say, yeah, you're a guitar player and the singer must write all the, the words and all the, all the melodies. And that's what I work on harder than anything are the, are the vocal melodies. And then the lyrics come out, come along for the ride with that. Right. So when, um, and a lot of times, um, I use maybe a synth program and I'll sing over that and there's no guitar at all. Or, uh, when it comes to drums, I'll, um, I'll use drum loops. You know, I'll, I'll, when I start writing a song, I will, I'll record that idea and then I'll tap tempo that idea and figure out, uh, the best drum loop I can for it. So when I'm writing, I'll just have this drum loop without a lot of changes going on, just kind of the same similar thing, looping and looping so I can write, make sure that, when I'm writing for this session, everything is going to fit the feel and the vibe of the song. Um, so when I go, when I go back to uh, try to finish the song, sometimes I'll have 30 ideas that could possibly be a part of this song. Then I've got to filter through those ideas and be like, all right, I've got six chorus ideas. I've got seven verses. I've got, I don't know, 20 riffs. Let's try to make this all work the best it can work and flow and make sense the most it can. And that's when I use the drum loops to make sure that, I'm keeping on track because I've made a lot of mistakes in the past. Um, I've learned so much over the years. I've learned that when you write a part, don't just sit there and write other parts for it to then realize after the fact that when you jam with your band, that they're not the same feel. Yeah. You know, in your head, you might think it's the same vibe, but, but you know, sometimes you just, that just doesn't register with certain people. And it didn't with me. I just got into the vibe of something and learned too late that it just, 
maybe the tempo's off 10 beats per minute and you didn't realize it. Totally. That that happens all the time when you jam with people. And and if you're not yeah. if someone's not playing to a click and you're like, oh, these parts are cool together, and it's like, oh wait, this is so like this so kills the kills the energy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I know I had I had here in my list of questions, I was wondering about how you know you approached uh, some of your early work like like with Creed, for example. Um, you know, you're credited as writing the music and Scott is credited as writing the lyrics. So I always wondered, okay, what's the, what was the transition? Was he writing the melodies? Were you writing the melodies and, and with some kind of like, you know, um, gibberish kind of vocals that he changed the lyrics to? I always wondered that question. No, see, that's what I was irritated with is I wrote a lot of lyrics and I wrote, I wrote a ton of melodies. Melodies are, like I said, my favorite thing to write. So, um, you know, like on the, first i mean scott wrote the majority of the lyrics for for creed you know it was i always thought you know whoever's singing a song should really um be at one and with their with their lyrics because they got to deliver it but you know like what's this life for you know i wrote most of the lyrics for what's right. this life for torn i wrote all the lyrics for torn you know and all the mel in melody melody wise you can kind of tell the difference between me and scott's melodies sometimes you know like you look at the song what if can't find a rhyme for all my reason. It's real staccato. It's real aggressive. That's a Scott melody. The uh, what if you right. did? What if you lied? That's that's my melody. You know, it's it's you, it's um, it's all kind of scattered throughout. Me and Scott work together on on getting these these songs, uh, putting the melodies to this music. I did write all the music. I you know Scott is just a vocalist, and it was just me and Scott writing these songs. Um, but like I said, melodies are really ridiculously important to me, more important than guitar lines. You know, they're, but they're what brings out the emotion of a song. Wow. Well, thank you for, for backing up some lead singers. You've, you've become one now and, uh, you're, you're, the guitar players listen to this. Hopefully they're not, uh, rolling their eyes at that. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously you're still, uh, you'll always be known as one of the greatest guitar players of all time. That's, you know, what you're known for now. Um, who are some of your biggest, you know, favorite guitar players? Um, either you know ones people you've looked up to over the years, or some maybe some new ones uh, coming out that are blowing your mind. Um, well, there's ton. Of, I mean, there's tons and tons of them. I think um, you know Joe Bonamassa and Eric Gales, Josh Smith, Derek Trucks, Sean Tubbs, you know Marcus King. Um, you know that that's mainly like I like I like kind of the the guys that are doing the blues jazz thing yeah. at a, at a new level, you know, I, of course I love BB King and Albert King and Albert Collins and all the old school blues cats. But, um, you know, it, my, my personal preference is to hear these guys that kind of push it to the next level. And, um, Mate Mateus Asado is, is an incredible guitar player. That's, I really, uh, that really inspires me. Um, I get, I get inspiration from all kinds of players. You know, there's, there's just so many, so many talented players out there that it's just an endless resource of, of, of knowledge. Yeah. Wow. Um, how much do you practice? Do you, do you still, uh, to keep up your chops and, and some of the stuff you play, obviously it's difficult. Um, do you, do you have to sit on the bus with the guitar and, and play like a couple hours a day? I, I, I don't have to, but I, I would like to. Yeah. I love, I love, I love playing, you know, it's especially when I'm away from home. It's, uh, so I'm going to be away from my kids and, and not being able to take them to soccer practice in school, I'm going to get all the work I can done out here, you know, make it, make it worthwhile. Um, and I love it. You know, I love 
I love how I feel as a guitar player when I'm on tour. Cause when I'm on tour, I'm playing guitar all the time. I'll, I'll sit and play for hours. Um, you know, some days I'll play six or seven hours. Some days I'll play for two hours, not, not including, not including the set, you know, um, like if I'm sitting and messing around with song intros, I'll, I'll be on a synth right. program all day long and I won't get much guitar playing done, but I try to get some, some sort of work done every day. Very, very cool. Very cool stuff. Um, and, and what about your vocal health? Obviously, you know, you've been off for a while and this is something that, you know, you're a guitar player first and you got into this thing and now it's, you know, you talked earlier about, well, I wouldn't, you wouldn't catch me at a bar every night on tour anyway. Um, you know, I got to make sure my vocal health's there, but that's something that obviously makes touring as a singer more stressful than a guitar player, right? Is that, that, that aspect? hundred percent. Oh, big time. That's, uh, <laughs> it's such a relief when I go out with, with Alter Bridge and I don't have to worry about that anymore. If, if my voice is terrible, I just say, Hey, let's not do <laughs> these songs that I have to sing in. You know, I can't do that with this band shows over if I can't do it. And, um, when I came out on this tour, um, we rehearsed for a long time. I think we rehearsed for nine days before we came out on this tour. And I sang every single rehearsal through and through and gave it all I could give it. And then, um, and then when I did my first show, first show in over, you know, over a year, the adrenaline gets oh, to man. you and I blew my voice out in two songs. And uh, the problem is, is, and I, I always forget that I do this and I, I let the, I let my uh, excitement get the best of me. And when I play guitar, I grunt what I'm playing. I like mimic oh, what's really? coming out of my guitar with my throat. <laughs> And it's the most un unhealthy thing in the world as a singer. So I quickly learned stop doing it. I've got to I've got to consciously make myself not do that. Um, so that first show was pretty much destroyed by my doing that. It was we got through it. It was a short set. We got through it, but it was not good vocally. But since then, um, usually takes me it takes me a, a week to get into where I feel like I can survive start to finish without worrying about it. If I push hard. Oh, totally. The, the first week on tour is always the hardest. No, no question. And yeah. a lot of times people will say, Oh, well, why don't you just, you know, sing the set through a few times, you know, before the tour starts. And it's just not the same, you know, like there's no. something about no. the way that you perform, you know, in a venue in front of people than how you do in a rehearsal space. It's just never the same. Uh -huh. Yeah, and you don't realize that you're not just singing the songs like you are at rehearsal space. You're going, um, I know I do. You know, in in between it, during the songs, I'll I'll be I'll scream at the crowd. You know, right? Uh, how you how you feeling tonight? You know, you're you're sure you're you're trying to excite the crowd, and you're excited, and you want. I love I love screaming at the top of my lungs to to energize the room, and that is not good for your vocal control and, but it's good for the show. So you got to kind of find that balance. Oh, for sure. Not to mention it's like hot as fuck in there and you know, like in a venue and you're doing like song and song in a row. And you're obviously, you're going to be rocking out way harder than you are. If it's just, you know, no matter what you are. So there's so many things come into play. Um, and people don't get it, man, but we get it. Oh yeah. We, we get it. So, okay. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ultra Bridge record that came out uh, with just, just last year, right? Um, and this album now, what's next? 
uh, I, I know even just talking to you for the last half an hour, I know you've got something up your sleeve. Can you talk about kind of what is in store for the rest of this year and, and going into 2022? Yeah, I, um, I'm working hard on trying to write material for the next Alter Bridge record. Um, I'm still in the phase of, of uh, kind of panic mode, like, come on, I got to get something super strong here. Once that happens, I, I'm off to the races, but I'm still in that kind of juggling a million ideas and trying to get that one really great inspiring song that sets, sets the mood for the rest of my uh, creative process. I haven't gotten there yet, um, but that's what I'm working on every day. Um, you know, bits and pieces of stuff. And then uh, me and Miles should get together in January to put our songs together uh, from what we had at that moment. And then in April, we plan on doing some recording. Um, but I also have a, uh, I've got a project that I've been working on for oh. for a long time now that um, this top secret that I'm absolutely over the top excited about. It's coming out uh, next year and it will get announced in uh in the middle of march sometime we're going to make the announcement and it's and it's going to be all for charity awesome so i'm starting a project called um you know nothing's set in stone yet because we're still getting all this stuff legally done but it's uh, it's going to be called take a chance for charity and um i'm going to try to ask uh other musicians and athletes and actors anybody with a platform to do something that nobody would expect um to try to raise money for 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 charity. So say, uh, say you're a heavy metal guy, um, and your challenge is to, uh, write a country song or a rap song or something funny not, not funny, but good and funny. It's the same as sometimes the worse it is, the better it is. Um, but, um, you know, just try to ask as many people as I can to do something off, you know, completely out of the spectrum of what they've ever done before to, to do, to raise money and uh, I'm doing a whole record, but I'm going to ask people, they just have to do one thing, whatever it is. And it's not, it doesn't have to necessarily be music. Right. That sounds absolutely incredible. That's a, that's a great idea. It, it reminds me of like almost like the mass singer or something when you have, you know, I'm sure maybe you watch that show with your kids yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I, I enjoy it. I think it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's funny. You know, when you get like, I don't know, Rob Gronkowski or something, yeah. you know, uh, singing and it's like, this guy has a passion for music, but he doesn't want to go put a record out because everyone will make fun of him, but he can do something like this where he's still being able to channel, you know, um, um, his own creativity and then, you know, also do something for a great cause. I, I love that idea. I think, I think you're going to have a lot of success with that. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head with the, um, you know, a guy like, like that. Uh, maybe he's a huge fan of music and he loves to sing, but, he plays football. So somebody's like, why don't you just shut up and play football, which would just be a slap in the face. But if you're doing something for charity, it goes from being, having these, these trolls out there knocking you down to having everybody saying, no, that's a good guy. He's raising money for charity. And you know what? He can actually sing, you know? So it gives people kind of a get out of jail free card to do whatever they want artistically. Yeah, it does. It's, that's a, that's a really, really great idea. Uh, Mark, well, thank, thank you so much for, for doing this. Um, one last question, of course, got to ask about a potential of a, of a Creed reunion. It's been almost 10 years. Uh, I know Scott seems into it and he's sorted some things out. Any chance of this happening? Uh, you can plead the fifth if you want to, but I have to ask. Um, it's all kind of up to the, um, people to kind of present us with scenarios. You know, we're just, uh, 
I'm, I'm always so busy all the time. I really rely on my, my team around me to know what I have time for and what I can do. Like right now I've got a new record dropping, uh, here that I've really got to put a lot of work into. And then I've got, I'm hustling as hard as I can to get an ultra bridge record done. And I just can't take three months off in the middle of all that. If, if, if they want to keep the same timelines as, as, as they want. So it's, it comes down to, uh, letting the business people run the business, letting the artist be the artist. Cause if I, I, I just can't juggle anymore at the time unless, unless they make it all make sense. Well, a lot of people would love to see it. Uh, it would be, would be cool, cool to have that back, but I do understand you're busy with so many things. And of course the latest is the new record marching in time, which is uh, out now. And it bangs, man. G sharp, low, Thank you. Uh, yeah. low, a low note. I was uh, it took me by surprise, but I've I've been jamming this record uh, for for uh, about a week now and really enjoying it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, do you have a favorite track from the new record I can play for the people? Uh, the title track, "Marching in Time." Well, let's do it. "Marching in Time" on Lead Singer Syndrome. Mark, thank you so much, brother. Thank you so much. So there it is with Mark. That was awesome and. We got a little bit technical on this episode talking about some of the ins and outs of, of how Mark puts songs together and, and everything. And we don't always get into that stuff on a show that's called Lead Singer Syndrome. So I really enjoyed that. And I really want to thank Mark and, of course, his publicist, Kevin, for, for hooking this up. Tremonti is on tour now. A bunch of shows coming up as well. The new record, Marching in Time, is out now. It took me by surprise, man. It's got some big, heavy, low riffs on this thing. So make sure you check out that record. And whatever you're listening to this on, hit the subscribe button because I will be back next week with another great episode. And I'm just loving the podcast lately. So much diversity, so many different artists that are all killing it in their own spaces. And I love that I somehow can be the middleman between all this stuff and bring you conversations that I have with other lead singers because it doesn't matter what kind of music they play. As long as they're a lead singer, they can be on this show. I will leave you with a tune. This is it. The title track from the new Tremonti record, Marching in Time on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We'll see you next week. So many lives marching in time Move to the beat of the old and the blind Under the skin, hollow within Sift through the ashes we've
soul. 